0: I think a lot of people have a certain type they always get attracted to like um, they would always be attracted to someone who is emotionally unavailable, someone who's liked by a lot of people so they sort of feel like they won if that person likes them back. It's a very bad pattern rather than really focusing on what we really need in a partner, they're attracted to certain type of people and that's why like they get so disappointed.
1: I like using this quote be the prince if you want to attract the princess. Yes. Right. Uh, And again, according to me, it starts with asking a very simple question. What do I bring to the table?
0: Yes.
1: Right. Uh, Think about your health. Think about your wealth. Think about your relationships. Think about your emotional regulation.
0: It's very important. Create a list of all of
1: these things because again, your partner's job is to be your companion, not to fill your inadequacies. What's up guys? Welcome to Impossible Love Podcast, where we make love possible. So, Akanksha, what are we talking about today?
0: We are talking about how to attract the right partner.
1: Can we say that how to manifest the right partner?
0: No. No. Our episode is not about, I thought you
1: would be teaching us that, you know, wake up every morning and write some shit on a paper without doing anything and that would work. I don't
0: believe in that shit. No, we're not doing that.
1: Oh, sorry guys. If you wake up every morning and write stuff, although there's a scientific explanation for the same, but we'll talk about it some other day, but uh, we'll be talking about some practical stuff. Yes. So when planning out this podcast, why did you come up with the topic?
0: I asked all my single friends what should be the first episode of, of our podcast, and all of them said, "How do we find the right partner?" So it was one topic which interested most of my friends, and I think the reason would be all of them are single and yes. probably ready to mingle. Yes, because, so, yeah. because this topic
1: personally does yeah. not uh, interest me like at all.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> you found uh, the right partner, so why it should not interest you? So you, you're, on the, the you. you're the on the right. I said the same thing. you on the right I said the same
1: thing. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so oh, yeah. let's start with the with the next experiment. Uh, whosoever is listening and watching it, uh, take three seconds and ask yourself, close your eyes and ask yourself who who is your dream partner? I mean, what does your dream partner uh look like, feel like, whatever? One, two, two, three, three. why did you close your eyes?
0: Even I'm allowed to like
1: anyway. Hope off. you guys did not forget uh your uh, whatever you thought about. <laughs> Now chances are that 90% of you thought about physical stuff. Yes. Right. Uh, materialist stuff. That is how someone looks. Uh, what do they look like?
0: The status, what is their personality like? Cars, house, all sorts of external metrics. I think we probably um, thought of when we we're doing this activity. Because I think we emphasize too much on the external, like the face value of someone. And we really forget about what we actually need in order to have a fruitful, long-lasting relationship.
1: This brings me to the point of what we want versus what we need.
0: See, wants are negotiable and needs are not. Needs are something which are non-negotiable. So whenever you are thinking of your future partner, always remember... What are the values and what do you think is really required for you to have a healthy relationship? That would be like loyalty, relationship skills, how the person handled conflicts. How do they react when you are stressed, when you're anxious? So I think that is something which is truly important.
1: What you just mentioned is very interesting because you never get to know about these things at the first sight or in the first few meetings. So according to this love at first sight is just attraction and infatuation. It's
0: just minus attraction. I think probably just a like what the person looks like or, or you sort of feel the spark or the chemistry with that person.
1: Definitely. And a lot of us have this image of who our future partner would look like or who our future partner would be. But again, it's just face value and materialism. Uh, None of these actually would ensure that you are happy in your life. You might be happy in the moment because all of this is external stuff. So question for you, uh, what do you think that, you know, what do you think influences such thinking in our minds?
0: I think our environment, our friends, our family, media, all our favorite romantic movies, our favorite shows have just created this false image in our head of what love is supposed to look like.
1: Definitely, this is quite interesting because like you mentioned family because a lot of times uh, we grow up seeing our parents, we grow up seeing our friends, school friends, and a lot of times we end up believing that, you know, if what they want
0: or what they think is cool. Is it should be like is something we should be looking for in someone? For example, if my friends saying that a person should be really good-looking, really tall, dark and handsome, should have this particular car, should be like that. Maybe that is in a way influencing what I want in a partner.
1: Definitely, because a lot of people want to get into the get, get into any relationship to to prove something to others. Right. Prove something to their family. Prove something to their friends, right. which is very wrong. Because in the end, it's you who's gonna stay in the relationship. If your uh, wants are influenced by others, uh, that in any way does not mean that you would ever be happy in your relationship.
0: Yes. So that it basically sums up by saying that what you want is not often what you need.
1: Definitely. And Another thing which I would like to mention a- here is a lot of times our past uh, defines what we value. Right. Right. One very simple example would be if someone is has grown up in a house where money was an issue. Yes. Right. So that person might have, might just grow up thinking about money and prioritizing money in a relationship. Yes. Although money is something which matters for sure.
0: It's an important factor. The problem is when it's the only factor. I think a lot of women or men, like, you know, when they look for a partner, they really are focusing on their financial status. So the- it's, I get it. If you want to like sustain to the lifestyle you currently have, but if that's the only factor driving you, it's, it's, it's wrong. It's a red flag.
1: Definitely because you know, uh, again, a lot of people say that you know, it would be okay for me to cry in a Ferrari uh, than crying in a maybe a smaller car. It's bullshit. Oh
0: my God. It's
1: bullshit because you know, if you're actually crying, uh, it's the worst feeling. Right. Right. Although there are some people um, who cry when they're happy also. But if you're actually sad, depressed and crying. Yes. Money won't mean jack shit to you. Your Ferrari won't mean jack shit to you.
0: I think it's also very important to recognize your past patterns. I think a lot of people have a certain type they always get attracted to. Like um, they would always be attracted to someone who is emotionally unavailable someone who's liked by a lot of people. So they sort of feel like they won if that person likes them back. It's a very bad pattern rather than really focusing on what we really need in a partner. They're attracted to certain type of people and that's why like they get so disappointed.
1: Definitely uh it's a good pointer, but uh I have a rebuttal for the same. Actually, the opposite mm. phenomena, although what you said is correct. Uh, a lot of times, for example, Mr. X noticed something in their relationship or previous relationship that you know the partner maybe was going out a lot, right? Yes. In the next partner, they might just look for one thing that is partner should not be going out instead of looking into other factors, right? That that might just le- lead to focusing on having a very one-sided focus. So that's also one thing which we uh, should be keeping in mind.
0: Right. I think we also um, spoke about the dark triad theory when we were researching about this topic, which basically says that uh, how women are men are attracted to these type of people who are more attracted, who possess these, not qualities, these attributes, I would like to say. And there were three. First was... um, Narcissism. Narcissism, psychopathy, and third was...
1: Michaeliavenism. Something yes. like that. Uh, I'll explain all three. Narcissism is just being self-absorbed. Right. Being self-absorbed or those people who keep on talking about themselves.
0: Right.
1: Those who keep on talking about themselves are very self-conscious. Yes. So they spend a lot of time in looking good, sounding good. So... A lot of times the face value, they seem very attractive. They are in generally in high demand, but they might not be our best partners. Right? right? Uh, psychopathy is basically having the propensity to be dangerous, to even... Kill someone, right? Although both factors which I just talked about uh, are subclinical in most, yes. right? All of us are narcissistic to a certain extent, but right. you know, there are people who don't have this controlled, right? The 3rd
0: Micro-villainism.
1: Yeah, whatever the word is. Yes. Uh, it uh, means being cunning and manipulative. True, right. right. Uh, yes, all of these, uh, all of us have all of these traits. Right. But some people possess more of it. And, you know, they know how to behave in front of people when they want to attract slash seduce someone. Right. So uh, so if you are looking attractive, you would generally have higher demand. Yes. Right. Uh, So a lot of times people get into this uh, cycle of just... Wanting to be uh be that person's partner so that they feel superior, because this guy chose me out of the big pool they have.
0: Right, and there was a very interesting study which was conducted in the Durham University where they analyzed um undergraduate women. So first they were given attributes of what we call the regular good guys. So they were like you know how we know very consistent, nice, good, and then they were. Given the attributes of the personalities of the dark triad theory, which which we just spoke about, but the inventory was different. Not the, not these three attributes, like but things like emotionally available, like a rebel, like highly attractive. I think we all know that person, you know, who walks into the room, he demands attention, is super attractive, super tall, and a little toxic, and what is drawn to that person. So the results weren't surprising. I think as we all know, most of the women were attracted to the bad boys.
1: Right. So as we call them, fuck boys. Yes, writer. Is that the right word to yeah. use here?
0: So I think it's very important to recognize who you're liking, who you maybe getting attracted is not the person who you should be ending up with. And that's why you end up like feeling so disappointed because with that person, you often feel that spark because they are so inconsistent. You feel those highs and lows. You feel that increase in dopamine and the drop in dopamine, which, you know, makes you stick to that person. And then you often are disappointed towards the end because they often do not have the relationship skills that one needs.
1: Definitely. If, uh, it, you liking someone should not be a competition right? And, and should not be done to make others feel jealous or make yourself feel superior. And uh, that is step one of understanding uh, who do you actually need. need. Now talking about uh, if someone has to someone's, someone's eyes just opened, how would that person know what they need?
0: I think we should be doing another activity
1: what is the activity
0: that um list down the things which we really value which we really need and maybe think about it for like three seconds One, two,
1: two, three. Three. i thought thought of three values i am looking for
0: you shouldn't be looking for anything <laughs> i repeat that <laughs>
1: i'm just teasing you okay and so a uh, lot of times people get confused with values or uh, values are Values are just things which mean a lot to you. For example, family yes. work is one example, uh, health is one example, uh, you know, honesty might be one example, a lot of things, just know what your values are. Yes. Make a, a list of that. Next is uh, know your priorities. What are your priorities in life? This is a big one. Would yes. you like to elaborate on this?
0: Like for example, if like, maybe you want a child in the future, but your partner does not. I think that's a big, like, you know, difference. And it's a major factor to consider.
1: Definitely, apart from that, you know, career would be one.
0: Career would be one. Also, emphasizing going back to the point of values, it's not important to have the exact same values in the person. The You should be able to respect that person's values.
1: Definitely. And they should be, I think they should be at least complementary. Complementary, right?
0: Complementary is the right word. Having similar values shouldn't be the goal. If you're able to respect them, It's great because if you don't respect someone's value, how can you truly love them? And then you would want them to change. I think changing someone is not really love.
1: Right. But again, everything starts with understanding your values.
0: Yes. So so that you
1: understand what you want.
0: It clearly begins with you, your values, your priorities, what you really want. So it's like, maybe it's like a time to reflect what I truly value in life before I want to know like or get to know what I would want in a partner
1: definitely next is goals goals in life matter a lot for example someone who's very career oriented versus there's a partner who does not want them to be career oriented generally happens in terms of guys and girls uh, that you know a lot of guys want their partner to not work right know that from day one itself so that it's clear from day one right Uh, because you know a lot of times people start thinking and talking about this stuff in maybe year three, year five of the relationship, which is like, I think, uh, is wrong. Next is understand personalities. I'll be talking in terms of, uh, big five traits, uh, yes. big five personality test, uh, we call it a test, right? First, let me explain the, um, personalities, uh, Which matter here. Number one introversion.
0: Big one for us.
1: Uh, One partner being a big time introvert. The other partner being big time extrovert. This can create a lot of discrepancies. Because the person who is an extrovert gets energy from going out. Yes. The introvert loses energy Energy from going out. out, Right. right. So, you know, maybe your plans never coincide. Also, in any way, I'm just talking about extreme scenarios. Because in our case, uh, I have been an introvert. You were ambivert. ambivert, And it's like we are literally advising people over relationships. So yeah. Next is neurotism. Neurotism is essentially the negative emotion. So uh, if you are on the extreme spectrum, number one, obviously, that's not good for you. Uh, Next is... uh, If both partners on are on the extreme spectrum of neurotism, that would lead to a lot of negativity. I agree. Next is agreeableness. Uh, Women are generally more agreeable in nature. Guys are generally more disagreeable in nature.
0: My agreeability score was extremely high. It was uh,
1: somewhere around 86. That's not a good uh, thing. Yeah but now it has improved for sure. Yeah. I'm 100% sure yeah. it has improved. <laughs>
0: I've right. not to say no. Right
1: but, but yes. if both partners are super disagreeable they would uh, keep on fighting all the time over everything. So last but not the least being conscientious. That means being orderly in nature, being very reliable versus one partner not being that orderly. Right. So a lot of people have kind of that OCD when it comes to, you know, having everything in order versus, you know, if you're with a partner who's literally the opposite, that might cause issues. Apart from that, there, there are other traits also, uh, openness to experience is one. But you know, again, it I did not find it relevant. So I'm not mentioning it here.
0: Right. I remember you told me to do this this test as well. So and Jordan just,
1: Peterson told me the
0: Jordan. Yes. Jordan Peterson, the legend told you. So yes. And I just wanted to ask you that, how did it help you in understanding me?
1: Okay. So this is a very interesting question. Okay. So, uh, first when I got test for myself, done, there were a lot of things which I knew about myself, but they were never on paper. Right. That was one thing. Second, in your case, when, when I got your test done, there were a lot of things in you which I used to think are a little, I would say, irritating. For example, one you being very agreeable. Right. I remember us having a lot of. Although it was a good thing for me, but yeah. uh, you know, if you are too agreeable with others, then you know you are not being agreeable to yourself. To
0: yourself.
1: Right. True. So, but once we got the test, I realized that you know a lot of things are actually natural. And guys uh, understand one thing that, you know, these tests are uh, just a starting point. These uh, tests are more like a guiding light. That means whatever whatever is missing right now, start working on it. For example, the day I understood that, you know, okay, I'm an actual introvert. That is the day I essentially started working on it. And that is the day I started talking about it. And that is the day it started improving for me because, uh, this this is not a be all and all. This test is your current state, right? Uh, over time growth for everyone, every human is about being more versatile in yeah. all of these, uh, all of these, all five of these traits and uh, that is what, so what do you think that, you know, did you think that anything changed in me after getting the test when it comes to being you, with you?
0: I Yes, I think you just had a deeper understanding of why I did what I did. Like you would probably understand, okay, she's coming from there. You had a deeper understanding of the person I was after the test. So we highly recommend this test. Definitely. Last yes.
1: night I was talking to a friend of mine in relation to this. this he's doing a course uh, on personalities. Right. And he was like, bro, how does this help? So the only answer I, I had was that you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, you, we get pissed over others. But once we realize these aspects, we realize that, you know, that that might be a part of them. Right. right. For example, guys being disagreeable. It's a natural thing for a lot of us. Right. Although we shouldn't be on the extremes. But once you realize that... That's when you realize that this, a lot of times a person is not doing anything intentionally. Things right. you don't like.
0: Also, but, I think this is a great like way of maybe like correcting some of the attributes we have. in you know, For example, I was like, you know, my agreeability score was really high. I feel like after that, I consciously worked on myself so that it's not too high. Like
1: Yes, a lot of times knowing about the... Uh, Let's not call it a problem. Knowing about the trait Trait, helps you improve it, right? Uh, By the way, guys, uh, those who just got interested in the big five test, we are giving away five big five personality tests for those who share this, share any of our reels, uh, share any of uh, any of our podcasts uh, podcast clipping. And uh, we would be happy to give away five big five personality tests, which are, which helped us a lot, according to me.
0: Yes, yes. I think it's very important to also know about your deal breakers. What is something which is completely non-negotiable? Like some people like alcohol is a major deal breaker. Cleanliness could be some for some people, like being really untidy could be for some yeah, it's, people. It's linked to
1: being orderly.
0: Yes. So I think it's very important to know that what are your deal breakers?
1: Definitely know your deal breakers. And uh, now I think everyone has a list in front of them. List of things they need. We should create a list. (laughs) Yeah. And now be that list.
0: Okay, yes. Be that list right now that we truly know ourselves. At least like we tried. And now I think like we need to become that person.
1: Definitely. And I would want us to talk a bit about being that list, how would you, you know, if you now have a list in front of you, how would you start being that list?
0: I think we start like maybe like, you know, focusing shift the focus on from finding that partner to now becoming that partner. Like maybe if we start working on a career, on a health, on a a mindset, I feel like when our frequency is higher, we're going to attract people who share the same frequency as yours.
1: Definitely. And another thing is that a lot of times uh, via our partner, we are trying to complete ourselves, which is totally wrong. Yes. Right. A lot of things in the list, might be the things which you need to improve about yourselves first so that your relationship or you wanting to attract a partner is not just about completing yourselves. Right. So uh, a lot of times when I'm talking to guys and and I talk about such stuff, uh, I like using this quote, be the prince. If you want to attract the princess. Yes. Right. Uh, And again, according to me, it starts with asking a very simple question. What do I bring to the table? Yes. Right. Uh, Think about your health. Think about your wealth. Think about your relationships. Think about your emotional regulation.
0: It's very important. Create a list right? of all of
1: these things because again, your partner's job is to be your companion, not to fill your inadequacies. Because if that's if that's the goal, you you guys would never be happy
0: that's, or fulfilled. Yes, uh, that's such an amazing point, and makes me wonder how we have such false expectations when we meet someone. Like we expect them to complete us fulfill all the missing parts we have in our life and you know we sort of expect our partner to be perfect like I've heard my friends saying they went on a few dates with someone and everything was amazing but they're like oh they're not perfect I think in this pursuit of perfection you could be pushing someone away with, with whom you could be having something really meaningful
1: Definitely because, you know, in the end, you're getting into a relationship with a human. Right. And the best part about humans is humans are not perfect, but they have the propensity to improve. And we are
0: not perfect. So how do you expect your partner to be Like, you know, be God and like, you know, be a perfectionist in every sphere. Like we sort of create this God-like imagery of a partner and, you know, then we sort of get disappointed. We put them on a pedestal. A lot of times
1: we are being influenced by either social media, which is just a highlight reel. Yes. Uh, I think I actually made a post on this that, you know, uh, Every time I post a picture with my girlfriend, I just talk about the good, good stuff. I never talk about bad days, bad times. Right. And this is because, you know, again, we as humans just want to share the positive stuff. Just want others to get jealous in a way. Right. So Instagram or, or even looking at movies, uh, any movie you watch, uh, a lot of those who, have, who haven't ever been in a relationship, yes. think that, you know, their uh, love story would be like a fairy tale. Right. Yes, it can be. Yes. But uh, it's not all sunshine and rainbows.
0: I agree. And I also feel like um, we sort of give away trust too soon. Trust is something which needs to be earned. But I feel like somehow when we meet the person, if the person is good looking, very sweet, talks to you sweetly, we sort of automatically assume the person would be trustworthy. And it's such a false expectation because that person needs to earn your trust.
1: Definitely and it is called the halo effect. Halo effect, yes. That by the, you know, you just go by the first impression and think that first impression is the last impression. First impression matters for sure. But uh, again, it feels like the person has a halo right. on their head and you just keep on ign- ignoring all red flags and you just think about how great the person is. Yes. Which is like, you know, which can uh, cause issues according to me.
0: Right. I feel like it's also very important to put yourself out there like no one's gonna come to your house and sweep you off your feet in a white horse that only happens in movies I think we live in this era where
1: who on this planet expects that by the way like, or it I, was just a meta metaphor
0: it's a metaphor but also I maybe like a thought like that when I was a baby
1: oh okay I'll come in a horse <laughs> don't worry yeah.
0: yeah maybe that could be the proposal idea wow yeah.
1: there are random so, horses outside the house by the way
0: no no I said I'll, a white you know, horse I'll learn a, how to ride
1: a horse <laughs> yeah
0: so I feel like we live in the era of um, the various modern dating methods we have Tinder Hinge Bumble and but I somewhere personally value meeting someone in person like the physical interaction is something I value more it is very subjective I think we both know yes uh, yeah.
1: what I personally feel is uh, earlier I see most people are on you know Hinge uh Tinder and all these things for sexual stuff. But I've seen a few relationships where, you know, the relationships are literally thriving and they met through stuff like Tinder. right? Right. Uh, One advantage of this online dating stuff is that, you know, your pool increases, right? If you live in an environment where... you don't have access to new people right uh, you don't have a lot of friends yes. then you know stuff like tinder and all these things can actually help apart from that there are these companies who do the matchmaking stuff like something like that seema yeah. Tabaria, right oh, the, yeah. the show the netflix
0: show yes but sadly um most of the marriages did work whatever like whenever she found a partner seema Right. Most of them. I did
1: not do a study on her no, business models.
0: I'm talking because so. I, I I've seen the show. <laughs>
1: Guys, do your own research. Whosoever you like, uh, <laughs> respect to everybody doing their stuff. Uh, but but like you mentioned that you know a uh, lot of those marriages did not work. I would like to talk talk about that and you know why didn't those marriages work according to you?
0: I feel like the process was really like fast. I think like it was like. I don't know. Like I feel like again, maybe they weren't aware of what they want versus what they need. Maybe they had false expectations out of the partner. Maybe the setup was not something which felt natural organic to them. What do you think?
1: Don't you think it was the halo effect? So basically when you meet someone for the first time. Right. And you just like the first impression. You're like, this is the person. And then your brain keeps on finding evidence to support that. It's also called confirmation bias.
0: I feel so- like also Seema auntie emphasized too much...
1: I haven't watched the show. Okay. And please let's get out of that zone. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get out of that zone. I don't need a review of a Netflix show, which I didn't watch. Okay,
0: done. Okay. Right.
1: So what I think is that, you know, there's this, okay, so we meet via maybe a show and I like the way you look and I'm like, you know, first impression is good. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just show my best side to you right now. I think that is why these things get messed up because you, I'll just show you my best version. Just... You know, I'll be super nice to you. We won't fight as we call it the honeymoon Honeymoon period. Yes.
0: Yes. And I think you can truly only love someone when you've, when you've had a 360 degree view of that person, like you've seen them angry, happy, sad, irritated, anxious, and how you deal with all those emotions is when you really know that I really love that person. Yes, uh,
1: that that's when you have seen the other person's dark side. Right. Slash shadow. Everyone yes. has a shadow. Everyone has a dark side.
0: That's a very interesting point. Could you like elaborate on the shadow What you're talking about? See,
1: so shadow is a part of us which we don't like showing to the world, which we definitely don't like showing to people who we want to attract. Right. Uh so think about our relationship first six months were it was all sunshine and rainbows. Then, you know, next six months were like, wow. Okay. We are fighting. You're seeing my anger. And you know, there's a lot of stuff happening. Right. And I personally feel this happens with everybody because first few months, you're just getting to know that person. It's like, you showing your best version. It's as simple as that. Yes. In, in a setup like that, the Netflix show, which we just talked about, literally in that setup, what is happening is, if you like the face value of the other person, you show your best version. Right? Yes. So that's, I think, I personally feel that's a flawed concept.
0: Also, it spoke too much about the adjustment and like maybe molding yourself. The point is to not adjust or mold yourself. The point is to respect the person. If you're able to respect their values, what they prioritize, their career, how they live, I think, Like if there's a long-term similar view, it can work.
1: Right. But don't you think people would just show their best side? For example, I wouldn't ever tell you back in the day that, you know, my anger is dangerous.
0: Of course, of course, that's there. That's there. Right. Uh,
1: Apart from that, the other day you were talking about a study. uh, I don't remember the study exactly.
0: I have it right in front of me. Said that it takes almost 50 hours to just like from from becoming an acquaintance to a friend, it takes almost 50 hours. Then it takes almost like 90 hours to become a regular friend. And you'll be surprised, it takes almost 200 hours for it to become a deep friendship. I'm not talking about watching movies, going to the club together and drinking. 200 hours of quality time really makes you um like, really know the person, become good friends. So that makes me come to the point where I think that in this era, we fall in love too fast. And then we fall out of love too fast. Because uh, right, yeah. but you know,
1: again, uh, see what you say makes a lot of sense on paper and it is hundred percent correct according to me, but in practicality, this does not apply according to me. Mm-hmm. Reason for that is that, you know, first 10, 20 hours, uh, one, tw- it's been just maybe 20 hours. You like the person, the person likes you. And maybe there's a proposal which happens, right? right? The proposal happens and if you say no, what happens? You might lose the person. You would rather say yes. On the spectrum, maybe the first 200 hours till the time you haven't got the person, you're just chasing the person, Mm -hmm. right? You might just show your uh, best side, right? This is also possible. And this is something which I've seen with a lot of arranged marriage setup, setups where there was a courtship period of maybe six months. But when you know that you're gonna get married after six months, you'll just show your best version
0: that's right so
1: you know that might cause issues but you know guys uh, if you want to track time 200 hours is a good starting point it has been proven by science (laughs)
0: yes I also want to emphasize how fights and conflicts are something which are inevitable I often see that it's you know amongst my friends or people and you know they often tell oh my god the first three months were amazing we never fought and now we're having fights people somewhere assume that fighting is wrong it's how you fight is something which, which you need to learn it's a skill which you obviously don't learn overnight it's something we have to master which you know would which would help you resolve conflicts because if you're talking practically conflicts are inevitable
1: yes it's not about uh, fighting according to me it's about how you reconcile and how quickly you reconcile right and how you improvise what does improvisation mean is that not fighting over the same issue again and again yes right uh, so that this is like quite interesting. And yeah, because in the end, one of the biggest relationship skill is uh, managing your emotions. That's number one. Yes. Second, managing your conflicts. Conflict If these two things are taken major. care of. Uh, yes. I think how, how you handle stress is also very important. Although I have another question for you. Okay, so when you meet someone for the first time, you know that, you know, okay, this person is showing their best version to me. What are the red flags or what are the red flags to look at? to gauge how the person actually is.
0: I think I simply would observe how they treat their friends and family. How do they talk about their ex-partner really shows a lot this about the person. Maybe like um, if you go out and how they treat the staff, how they're treating the waiters. Just like, you know, maybe observing their general behavior towards their friends, family, environment, and people around them is something I would totally do. Maybe take them out with my friends. Like maybe sometimes a third person has a more clear idea. Like sometimes, you know, maybe if you find the person attractive and you smitten, we maybe sometimes like overlook a few red flags, but maybe like your trusted friends and family might be able to see that before you do.
1: See, the thing is, everyone has a different worldview, according to me. Right. So I would not, I would personally never take advice from mm. friends and family mm-hmm. just based off one meeting. Yes. Because, you know, I'm pretty sure none of them is God. Right? Of course. Uh, uh, yeah, but the point you talked about in relation to talking about your exes, that's a big one. Also, you know, how someone behaves when it comes to crisis situation yes whenever you know because in the end everyone is a saint as long as times get harsh right
0: that's so true look at
1: their behavior when they are having a bad day when they are stressed how do they behave with you how do they behave with others because if they are chasing you they might just be nice with you but they might not be nice with people who they don't need so see their behavior with people who they don't need and that might change the game
0: that's an amazing point and also feel like if you are being vulnerable with person and how they how they handle that vulnerability is also something one should consider because you truly only bond when you're vulnerable when you're honest true self with someone and if they don't respect that they can't take that I think it's maybe like, it's a, it's a major red flag.
1: Yes. So, uh, you know, think about the confirmation bias, think about the halo effect and, you know, both of them together and see that, you know, your view right now might just be one-sided because you're chasing the pers- person. There are these dopamine rushes going on right now. And there's this chance of you getting a rejection. So whenever there's, there's this ch- chance of us getting a rejection, we try to Overqualify qualify ourselves. So, you know, right. uh, that's also one thing which we need to keep in mind. You must have seen a lot of cases where, you know, everything is good till the time the partner proposes. And as soon as the prospective person has proposed, the person backs off. Because it's probably because they were just enjoying the rushes of chasing the person. Right? Yes. So keeping that in mind uh, would help a lot.
0: I think it also gives you a, a reality check. Like, you know, once like the person is like, is proposed or something like you sort of like see the issues.
1: Talking about reality checks. uh, Let me give people another reality check that uh, great relationships are not made in heaven. They are built on earth.
0: We love that. Yes.
1: So basically you need to build the relationship. Congrats. You might have found the right partner, but that person is the right partner in the moment.
0: moment, You
1: are the right partner in the moment because relationships change. People evolve.
0: Love is a daily effort. What do you think helped us last a relationship for eight years?
1: It's like, number one is understanding that, you know, relationship is getting to a relationship is just the start. You need to build it together because that's when you see, see the shadow. That's when you see, uh, See differences and that's when you are able to find the middle ground, right? It's all about finding a middle ground, seeing what's best for you, seeing best, what's best for myself, then right. seeing what's best for us. And all of that together would change the game. Uh, one simple example would be you get into a relationship right now, you, now. Now you guys are maybe boyfriend and girlfriend. After a few years, you guys would be husband and wife. Right. Are you guys evolving in a way that, you know, you are compatible as husband and wife? Then are you guys compatible as... Uh, people who are living with each other, then are you guys compatible as people who are being, who can be good parents? Uh, all of this is done through evolution, right? Mm-hmm. This does not happen on day one. Day one is just the starting of relationship. So keep in mind that you have to build it together with your partner, because if you, the day you stop building it, uh, it's just, uh, there's this flower analogy, which you generally give. Could you talk about that?
0: The flower analogy basically says that you need to water the flower every day for in order to for for, for it to like continue to grow. And same goes with the relationship. Like if we stop watering it, putting in effort, it's going to start dying like the flower would start dying if we do not water it every day. Yes, take
1: care of the flower, take care of the relationship like you would take care of a flower. Although a lot of people are in this habit of, you know, changing the flower. Yes. uh, But never... Thinking that, you know, they could have saved the previous flower by just watering it every day, working on it every day. Right. And uh, relationship is a, you know, daily thing, giving a 100% day in and day out, 24 7, 365 till the time you guys are together. And that would change the game. So understand that. Yes, you can attract the right partner. Then you have to be the right partner in future. Also, make sure your current partner is also the right partner for future. Also, that means you, both of you guys are building it together. Right. And base of everything is actually empathy. empathy Understanding your partner, so, yes. getting to know your partner. Maybe if you want to start with a personality test, like I mentioned, we are giving away five tests just to, you know, tag us and let us know whether you like the episode or not. And that is what.
0: I think it's um, when someone asks me like, what helped you and Yash, you know, make this work for so many years? I just have this one, like, obviously, like, you know, when we say we need to put in work. So th- like, that's the point. There's no right person who's waiting for you, right? You have to make it work with the person you are with. So no way am I saying that, you know, make it work with a toxic person. But why after hundred fights, I wanted to make it work with you. Is that something great? I would, was coming out of me whenever I would be with you. Like the way I used to feel with you, I used to love that. So even after like numerous fights, is a reason why I wanted to like make it work with you. So I just want to ask you a question what compelled you to make it work with me?
1: You were all in. You were all in. We had a, lo- a good vision. Our values were very similar. There were a lot of differences. But, uh, I think being all in is what, what actually meant the most to me. And plus you are a great human being. That's something which I respect a lot.
0: Thank you. I think it was two people really ready to put in that equal effort. I think we often struggle to find someone who is willing to put that equal effort in the relationship and who has a learning mindset, who wants to learn the relationship skills. Because if you think of it, we, we were not born with it. It's not something which is taught in school or in college. Relationship skills is something we grow You know, we learn with our partner and someone who has a learning mindset, I think you can make it work with that person. So what I'm trying to say is that there's no right person out there. You have to build it together. You have to learn together, grow together. And that's how you'll have amazing flourishing relationship.
1: Definitely uh, a lot of it has to do with uh, seeing what your partner can be, not just who your partner is right now. Right. Seeing that light in your partner, seeing the scope for improvement and actually improving for your partner and making sure your partner improves so that together you guys build heaven on earth. Yes. And guys, that is all for today. And I uh, hope you liked the episode. If there are any questions, anything else you want to add, uh, please uh, comment below. And remember we are giving away five personality tests and just comment. And next week we'll be announcing the winners and see you soon. Bye. Logging off. Bye.